The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage. And I am Chad Lale. Yeah, I've. Didn't know if I was going to confuse you there since last week I did the King and JR thing. And, and then uh, this week I let you take it yourself again. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, I'm always waiting. Just I'll give it like a quick pause. Then we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's the week been, man? It's been good, man. Got back from San Diego uh, like yesterday. Uh, was a little bit jet lagged. I slept about 11 hours last night. It was incredible. But yeah, no dude's been a good week. Been hot. You know, I was just talking about how the, the heat's been crazy. So San Diego's nice. It was 70 degrees, no humidity. Wow. Lovely. Yeah, I was like, bring this weather to the Carolinas, please. Good night. Yeah, I know. That's see, that's that's the that's the thing about that. I love I would love to have that kind of weather. Uh, yeah. Our humidity around. around here, man, is just so horrible. Yeah, but bro. it's it, not like Florida humidity, but it's been hot here, here, and you know, right outside of Charlotte where I'm at, it's I mean, 98, 99 degrees. I, I feel for those jokers who are out work working out in it. I mean, I've been there before, so I get it. Oh, I know, <laughs> I have too. I used to, yeah, I used to build houses, and there was there was times. I mean, man, it's blistering hot. Oh yeah, but Dude, miserable. Those guys out there, especially the roofers, man. Yeah. They're out there in this kind of heat. It's rough. Yeah, bro. There's no shade for those guys. <laughs> so. Oh, but, man. Yeah, man. Well, I think we're going to uh, steer off topic tonight, I believe. And and uh, obviously, we always touch on the book of Acts. There's so much to learn from. But Casey and I was talking a little bit this week. And we was like, you know what? We, well, I think we should discuss um, – a verse that a lot of men and a lot of people I think are, are, are uh, aware of Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. It just kind of dawned on me this week in Casey and I was talking about some things, um, uh, how we are meant to fellowship. And I think it's good that, that, you know, there may be somebody listening to this today who felt or feels like I felt years ago, where I thought it was a weakness for me to spill my guts out to a friend or, um, you know, go to a, a brother in church and talk to him about things. But, um, so we want to touch on the subject tonight of iron sharpens iron and how it's good to confide in each other. Right. Uh, you mentioned it there. I'll read the whole verse. Proverbs 27 and verse 17, it says, mm-hmm. as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And so like you were talking about for us as men, a lot of times it's so hard to, uh, and I guess it's a pride issue. We don't want to talk about our weaknesses. We don't want to talk about things that we're going through. Uh, but the Bible clearly says that, um, that we should do this. And it, it's not that it's not that you go and spill your guts and, and spread your business to everybody in, in the church, but right, right. you know, you need, uh, a good friend or two who you can talk about uh, different things that you're going through, because let's face it, we all go through things right. at different points in life. Yeah. 
And it happened to me, I think really was when I got a, a, um, a sense of how important it was and how much it helped me in 2000, I want to say 13 or 14 dealing with some things in my life and just really hit rock bottom. I was going through a, you know, relationship issues before my wonderful wife. Now I have, um, and it ju- I just hit rock bottom and I was like, Lord, I need help. Like, what can I do? And it was either, you know, sit in the four walls of my apartment I lived in and then, um, you know, just be by myself. I realized that wasn't doing any good. So I reached out to a buddy of mine who was a youth pastor at the church I went to. And he goes, well, you know, it might not be your thing, but why don't you just try a, uh, one of our small groups. And I was like, you know what? I, I think, I, I think I will. But I remember the first day that I, I was heading to this small group, uh, where a bunch of men just got together and studied the word of God, talked about problems. And, you know, up until the time to get in my truck, I was, I, I, the devil was just telling me, yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And, um, I think it was about 10 minutes before the class or before the study. I, I just said, you know what? I'm going, man. And I got in my truck and I went and I remember, uh, on the way there, just saying, Lord, I, I, you know, I just pray this is something that's going to be good. I get there and it's funny. Cause, uh, <laughs> it was me. I was, I guess, 30 or 34 or something at the time. And I walk into this room and it's like a bunch of men in their sixties and seventies. And I was like, Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and so instantly I'm like, you got a sense of humor, God, but man, I'll tell you what, I, I stayed with it for, I guess a good six months or so until travel started getting busier for me, but it was the greatest thing ever. It broke down barriers. It broke down walls. And I wrote this down. I put wisdom isn't acquired by yourself and it's not maintained by yourself. And I realized how important it was to fellowship with other men who these men in their, you know, fifties to seventies had been through divorces, had been through drug problems, had been through life's issues. And they could talk about how God brought them, uh, you know, from where they were all because they relied on that fellowship and relied on that iron sharpening iron. So it's so important. So important. Yeah, it is. I know, uh, I know, uh, my old church, we had a men's study group and we would meet, uh, you know, like one evening a week. And as you know, it, it was awkward for the first uh, couple of times, but as we, started breaking out of our shells and started actually discussing things. And, and, you know, when we would, when somebody would bring up a subject, you would see somebody across the room kind of get a weird look on their face. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're talking about this. I thought this was church. I thought we wasn't supposed to talk about this kind of stuff in church. Right. Right. But, uh, But when, when we opened up, when one opened up, it seemed like more were able to open up. And what that does is, is the Lord shows all of us that we all have been through things and everything, even, even if they are, uh, they were a, a miserable time in our life. Every test that we go through in our lives is meant to be turned into a testimony. Right. So, Everything we go through, no matter how hard it is, um, you'll find yourself if if you're faithful to to uh, listening to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you'll find yourself down the road uh, using what you had been through in certain situations to help others. Mm-hmm. 
And it's amazing too, how the things you've been through and you start to talk uh, about them, uh, it opens up doors where the Lord will send somebody into your life that may be dealing with the same thing um, that you've dealt with or that you're dealing with to where you guys can kind of uh, work together to, to defeat a temptation. Or for me, it's, you know, my, my drinking and partying back in the day or my, you know, pornography addiction back in the day. It's crazy how some of the, the youth I talk to now, they're dealing with the same thing and they'll come to me about those things. And I, and I'm like, wow, all right, well, you know what? I dealt with that too. And they'll get a look on their face. Like, really, you really did. Yeah, dude, it's very, very common. Um, so it's really crazy to see, like you said, those things you go through where they turn them into your testimony and how the Lord will open up some doors and, and you end up being, uh, you end up ministering to someone, you know, end up, uh, letting them know, Hey, this is how I did things. And this is how it helped me. And, and this helped me so many times I go to, to certain brothers who have kind of closed themselves off. And I'm, and I always go, you ever thought about, you know, just kind of getting together with a few men and just talking. And a lot of times they're like, yeah, not really, man, but it's kind of weird to them at first. And I tell yeah. them I, it is a little, it is a little weird, but once you get in there and you don't have to talk all the time, you can just sit back and listen. But um, you know, it's, it's very helpful. And, and it just made me think about how just the, the benefit of, of confiding. And to me, it's um, I can talk to my wife, you know, if, if there's something bothering me, I can go to my wife and talk to her. She'll understand. We'll pray about it or whatnot, but there's something different about me going to, um, you know, a prayer group with some men or a men's conference or something like that. And just talking to a group of men who have been through certain situations of, you know, being a father or being a husband or what it means to be a godly father and a godly husband, because you can learn so much from those type of, of individuals. So it's just pouring, you know, pouring God's word into it. So. Definitely. And you mentioned something just a second ago about the, you know, talking to some of the youth and they talking about uh, pornography struggles or this or that. And you mentioned, Hey, I, I've been through that and it does, it kind of floors people because there is, there's such an idea uh, that if you are a man or woman of God, or, or you're a, a, a pastor or a preacher, uh, some kind of church leader, or just looked at as a strong man or woman of God, that you are not supposed to have any problems that you have, you have been perfect all of your life. And, you know, the times of the times of the, uh, super spiritual, perfect Christian, uh, there never was a true, truly, there never was a such thing, but, uh, there have been people who tried to act like that and tried mm -hmm. to act like they've never had a problem, like they've lived a perfect life. And, you know, for me, I know when I was a kid uh, going to church, a lot of times I would look at this pastor and he would just seem so perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, man, I, I, I've got this going on and this struggle going on and this temptation going on. I, I can never be like him. I can never live right. up to his standard. But when, when you, and I, I, it's going on more and more nowadays. Uh, but when we just get real with each other, when we get real with the congregation that we're talking to or the 
study group that we're talking to or just individuals. When you get real, uh, you realize, man, there are people who have been through things and they can help me with these issues. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about my pastor, man. Pastor Jay, Jay Stewart. He's always quick to tell you, I am a mess up. He goes, if it was, you know, uh, if you think I'm perfect, you're wrong. And and he always points to, to um, the ultimate male, the ultimate man. And that's Jesus. Like Jesus, if you look and dude, we've been studying acts, we've been studying some of the gospels and we just look at how Jesus led these, these men and, and women that he traveled with and how he taught them of, of fellowship, how important it is, how communication, how important it is. And you got the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate iron sharpening other irons, you know what I mean? In, in a, in a, you know, sense of the way, I guess you can say, but uh, he just taught them. And that's where like, I try to go, okay, what does a godly man look like? What does a godly husband look like? And we can go to the gospels, dude, and see like what Jesus taught. Um, I've been watching that chosen series. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch it. There's I'm sure some of our listeners have, uh, it's just amazing to see how, how messy, you know, Peter is, how messy the disciples are, but Jesus is quick to like show them love. He never, he never like downgrades them, never screams at them, never any of that stuff. And I, and I believe with all my heart that the, the Jesus in the Bible it was the same way, you know what I mean? Right. And it's, it's that way now where you and I know, and folks listening here every day, we're going to slip up some way. We're going to snap at our wife. We're going to snap at our daughter. We're going to have a bad day at work. Somebody's going to cut us off in traffic, whatever it be. But we have to know like, or how would Jesus have reacted here? And, and, you know, um, and, and ultimately, man, it's just, it's, that's how he did. And that's when I read the gospels and all this other stuff and watching him run or walk with the disciples, like, how did he lead them? He communicated with them. He showed them love, um, compassion, um, and, and just give them the, uh, the ultimate way of how to sharpen one another. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I, we started, the chosen uh, a couple of months ago, I had a buddy tell me about it. And so we started it and then whatever I was watching it on, we lost it. And then I found it again. So I, we just finished last night, the episode uh, where he did his first miracle. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've not got too deep into it yet, but we're, we're digging, but yeah, just, uh, it is amazing to see the the way, that they uh, portray Jesus. And, oh, yeah. and like you said, I believe, I believe that's the way he is and yeah, the way he yeah. was, um, you know, I, I've told you before a lot of times, and I, I know it's not the truth, but a lot of times, you know, we can mess up and, you know, I feel like I get, uh, you know, the Holy spirit talking to me in the Fred Sanford voice. And he's like, you big <laughs> dummy. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah. <laughs> you right, did right. it again. You big dummy. But, uh, but no, I mean, he loves us. He wants to see us through things. He wants to pull us through things. And, uh, one of the ways that he does that is putting, uh, godly people in your life that you can confide in, that you can trust yeah. in and talk about situations because, you know, you can talk to your spouse, but there's times where there's things going on 
with your spouse. Yeah, yeah. That you need, you know, and there's sometimes that you just need an outside voice who's not in the situation. Right. You know, so it's good to have those people to confide in and discuss things that you're going through. Yeah, I looked at kind of the the what okay, what does iron sharpens iron mean? And if you look at old videos of these these sword makers are constantly putting this this iron in fire and then banging it with the hammer. So it's this steel against steel. It's the rubbing of two blades together, which makes it become sharper. So I was like, all right, there's something there. And then I dove into a little more, a little more and, and it brought out Hebrews four twelve, where it says, so the word of God, it's called a double edged sword. And, uh, it is this, it, I put, it is with this that we are to sharpen one another. So we're taking this double edged sword. It's called the word of God. And, I guess we're helping a brother or another. We're spilling the word of God into them and it's helping us sharpen one another. Like I said a minute ago, wisdom is not acquired by sitting sitting by yourself in your room. Like we're going to gain wisdom. We're going to gain knowledge that, that the Holy Spirit's going to pour into us through studying of the word of God. But if we just keep it all to ourselves, what does that mean? You know, if, if Jesus would have came on this earth and knew his mission to go to the cross, but the whole time he walked by himself, did miracles, uh, you know, never gathered the disciples to me it's like well what good did he do he wouldn't have shown you know the love he wouldn't have shown like hey this is how you're supposed to live love one another kind of thing but he didn't he he came and he started to sharpen these other brothers and these other sisters and then so i mean we can take so many lessons out of that man and just realize that like what we learn what we digest through the word of god it's so important that we spill it into one another and I mean, it's amazing for me because sometimes I'm I'm terrible with memorizing scripture, uh, but I'll have a friend ask me, you know, whatever, some kind of advice, godly advice. And it's like instantly the Holy Spirit will put scripture in my mind. Now, sometimes I'll have to go look it up, you know, to go which verse it is. But it's like, all right, he's giving me he's, he's giving us these opportunities to pour into others, uh, you know, and if I would just be sitting here by myself in my office or not years ago, went to these men's studies and learned from these men. I may not have had that opportunity. It could have been a door closed on me, but it's amazing to see how that fellowship and how important it is, man. And how we just spilling into one another and you're getting opportunity to do sometimes to uh, share the gospel with a, a non-believer who might come up to you and be going through an issue or they might even not want to, they might even not have the uh, their 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 point in coming up and talking to you. What I'm trying to say is, they may come up to you just to let you know, man, I'm having a terrible day. Like blah blah blah, and it's like God once again lobs that softball at you. And goes, hey, here's an opportunity to share the gospel. And then, yeah, and then you know, so you just never know, man. Never know what uh, what kind of opportunity he's going to throw at us. Yeah, we are meant to overflow on the others, and you know, yeah. I, I've always said a hidden faith is no faith at all. And so we are not, we don't go to church and we don't read our Bible and we don't pray. We don't consume all of this gospel just so that we can keep it to ourselves. Like you said, it, it is meant to be like that glass of water that is just continually poured into and poured into until it overflows. When that glass of water overflows, it gets everything underneath it wet. 
And that's what we are meant to do as, as Christians. Our walk with God is not supposed to be a hidden thing. It's not supposed to be something that we keep to ourselves. It's supposed to be something that, that we are overflowing on others uh, at all times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a treasure, bro. It's like, <laughs> it's like you find this treasure and you, and if you go and bury it, then you forget where it is and it did no good, you know, but if you find this treasure, that's the word of God that we dive into week in and week out, you have, you, if you're truly born again, I believe this, and you're truly filled with the Holy spirit, you want to share this gospel. You want to share this gospel that, so many people are being persecuted over that we talked about last week, or so many people are lost. They have no, um, they have no direction. They're seeking and searching for the, the truth, but we have this gospel that is the treasure, man. I mean, it is a treasure that we have this opportunity to share it. And you see so many, I mean, you see, and I did it and I still do it sometimes where I'll, uh, hide this treasure. I mean, I feel like I do sometimes where God gives me an opportunity and I kind of like back away from, because I'm timid or scared or whatnot, but there's other times I'm very bold, but you do see a lot of uh, folks sitting back and not sharing the gospel. And uh, I think it's something that we have to be better about. And that's something where once again, fellowship helps bring you, bring you out of that box. It helps, you know, kind of kick you in the butt and say, oh man, there's so much more that we can share so much more that we can do for the gospel. Well, like we've been talking about in the book of acts, the Holy spirit uh, produces boldness. Mm -hmm. Everybody who in the book of acts, who was, who was once uh, timid or shy or the, like Peter denied Jesus. uh, He's a totally different person when he is, living empowered by the Holy spirit. But there's something that we need to understand too. We, as a born again, believer, the Holy spirit's in us. Now he produces that boldness. He gives us wisdom. He gives us knowledge. He gives us the words to say, like you mentioned, he, he gives us scripture off the, off the top of our head that we wasn't even thinking about. But also, uh, we can hinder the working of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We, it's just like conviction to sin. You can deny the conviction when, when the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, share Jesus with that person. You know, so we don't want people to think, oh, well, all the people in the book of Acts were so bold. Uh, maybe I'm not really saved. No, right. It's not that you're, it's not that you're not saved, but, uh, there are times that we can hinder the work of the Holy spirit. If, and, and another thing, you know, you talked about shyness or timid or scared. Uh, another thing, a lot of times is we just think we're too busy. There's so many times and I kick myself for it like immediately after it happens, but you know, somebody uh, randomly comes up to me and, and starts trying to talk and say, you know, I've had people say, uh, hey, what what is this? What where is it in the Bible that it says this? And these are people who are not Christians, you know, yeah. just randomly walk up. To, where is it in the Bible that it says this? 
and I'll tell them and then walk off. And then I'm like, what did I just do? I I just had a a full fledged opportunity right there. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) We miss it sometimes, man, but that's okay. You know what I mean? You know, once again, I always go to the disciples. There's so many opportunities. I think that they, they missed and they messed up on as we're going through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, but, it, you know, we serve an, an awesome God and, and Jesus who uh, isn't mad at us. He's not shaking his fist at us. He's not using that Fred Sanford, you know, what you do here, <laughs> dummy voice. You know, he, he's, he's generous. Uh, he's loving. And he shows us how we're supposed to be with other people. And it's so hard this day and time. I do believe that. Um, sometimes to show compassion, to, you know, love your brother as you love yourself kind of thing. Um, it's so hard to sometimes for me, especially, man, I have like my mind races. I'm like, as soon as my feet hit the ground at five 30 or whatever time I get up, I'm just busy, busy, busy. And there's times where, you know, a friend may want to confide in me and, um, you know, uh, I don't get to answer a text or I'm doing something busy. And then I'll look back an hour later and go, man, dude, I could have just taken five, 10 minutes just to talk to him. Um, right. You know, and then because that could have been a world of difference for them or it could have been a world of difference for me. Um, so I'm working on doing that. I'm working on doing it more for my wife as well, where I am available, where I am present, because I think that's the main thing is you can have a con- You and I can have a conversation right now. And but if I'm not present or you're not present, then it doesn't mean anything. It's just mm-hmm. to me, empty words. And if you notice, dude, Jesus was always present. I listened to a sermon the other day and I don't want to get too off track, but it was talking about Jairus. I believe is how you pronounce his name as he was Jairus comes up to him and says, you know, his, his daughter uh, is dying. She's sick. Can you please come heal her? And Jesus is on his way to heal her. And the lady who was bleeding for 12 years or whatnot came and asked Jesus for healing. Jesus stopped what he was doing on his way to heal Jairus's daughter and healed this woman. He wasn't in a hurry. He didn't go, Hey, uh, I can't do that right now. I'm on the way to do this. And it was just a lesson there for me. It was like the Holy spirit said, just slow down, man, just slow down, take your time. You know, I put people in your path for a reason. They need you. You need them. And I just started thinking, you know, Jesus, he never, he never really, he wasn't ever in a hurry. And the whole time he knew on his path, uh, that he was headed towards the cross to die for, you know, for our sins and stuff, man. So it's just, you know, there's lessons there. So many lessons in the word that I learned. Uh, and just, you know, just, it's incredible to me. Yeah. That, that brings up another point. How long was Lazarus dead? You know, Jesus knew that he was, Jesus knew that he was sick and dying. It just took his time. <laughs> yeah, he just took his time. Just and took his time, dude. His sisters, whenever he gets there, his sisters are like, you know, he's he's been dead. He's already stinking. If if you would have been here, you could have healed him. And he's just yeah. like, hey, I got this. <laughs> just taking his time. No, there's so much humor, and I can't wait to you know dive because the chosen I love because as a kid I'd read the Bible or I'd see pictures of Christ, and he's just it was always like this, <laughs> always like this just dead stare on his face. And you're like, you know, as a kid, you're thinking, was Jesus boring or something? But you know, the chosen really depicts Christ as I think he, he is and was, um, he was a human, you know, he had to have a sense of humor. He had to want to joke around. Like it shows him in a couple of scenes where he's playing with the kids, playing hide and seek and all this stuff. 
It's like, to me, that's Jesus, man. And it gives me a different, uh, different picture to where I can paint a different picture to a brother I'm talking to or a sister I'm talking to. Look, God, he, he's not some mad God shaking his fist at you. He is a loving father, sent his son to die for us. Um, he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to communicate with you. And that's the thing is if we can get into fellowship with Jesus um, and allow it to transform our lives, then imagine what you can do for another brother or another you know, sister transforming their lives by what you're learning and what you're, you know, just really filling your heart and your life with. Right. And I mean, it's exactly what we do here on the podcast for, for, for me and you, we sit here and just talk about Jesus, talk about the Bible. And, you know, I guess we're teaching in the process, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm getting more out of, the conversations when we're doing this, then I think other people are, but you know, we're getting, we're getting testimonies. We're getting people, uh, you know, sending emails and messages and, and talking about how, you know, this is a blessing and that was a blessing. And, you know, uh, a brother last week texted me and said, man, uh, that podcast was awesome. Y'all made me realize things that I've never even thought about. All right. And I'm like, praise the Lord. That's what it's yeah. all about. So sharing that wisdom. And we, we got this, we got a platform now. I mean, years ago, you and I growing up, we didn't have uh, social media or any of this, you know, stuff that we could do like we do now. So we had to go to a church. We had to fellowship. We had to do that in person. Luckily we have these opportunities now to do things, you know, uh, with all this technology we have. But, you know, dude, it's, I mean, that's what's important. So just <laughs> taking these opportunities we've got, like you said, you got, you know, you'll send me certain emails and stuff like that of guys and um, commenting on how much it helped them. Dude, it helps us. Helps us. Yeah, definitely. Before we wrap it up, I want to, I want to run through some, some things that manly men struggle with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the big things that I know for me personally uh, that I went through was just this desire to be seen by everybody as this big, bad, tough guy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've talked about how, you know, our wrestling characters, you know, there was a point in my life where, there was no separation between my character and, and my personal life. And so, uh, but a lot, even guys who are not wrestlers, they, they struggle. This is one of the biggest struggles for men because they want to feel like they are somebody in other people's eyes. Yeah. And they they're afraid that if they let their faith out or they surrender to Jesus, that that'll be looked at as weakness. But man, the true man is the one who can be tender, who yes. can be vulnerable, who can talk to others about the struggles and the things that he has been through. 
that's the true tough guy. I agree. And I'm trying to find the verse. It's in Proverbs somewhere. Um, but I, you know, it brings the word humility to me. It brings the word, like you said, most men think that it, it you know, I got to have this tough demeanor and, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. I can't cry in front of a brother. I can't do this. Can't talk about my feelings. It makes me weak. And I experienced that man, when I got out of the Marine Corps, how, you know, I was instilled for four years being a Marine, being hard and, and in charge and whatnot. And as I got out, it took many, many years and many, many trials for me to break that, that mold of no dude, like a godly man shares his emotions. I read an amazing book called tender warrior by Stu Weber. Um, and if anybody wants a list of books to read, please, you know, email myself or Casey, but it's called tender warrior. And he talks because he was a Vietnam veteran who was instilled with all this stuff. You know, he had seen um, killings. He had seen war and getting out of war. He was just this hardcore just man, like he just showed no emotions, but as time went on and he got closer to God, he became a father, he became a husband. He realized that the godly man is filled with humility. And once we humble ourselves, you know, only before the Lord, uh, it starts to break that mold of what a true godly man is showing your emotions is okay. You know, uh, shedding a tear with a brother or, or a sister is totally okay. It does not make you a weak man. It does not make the world look at you as more weak. Matter of fact, it probably will make your significant other or a group of whoever you're with look at you and go, this person's the real deal. Like the, you know, this person's really, uh, really got it together <laughs> for the most part. Um, and you know, it just, it just breaks that mold, man. And, and I, uh, when I do like men's conferences and stuff, I've been a part of a few. It's good to hear um, some of the struggles that others go go through because you realize that you're not alone. And they will talk about it. I heard Stu Weber, the, the author I just mentioned, speak in person one time. And he just talks about uh, just sharing your emotions, man. You know, um, just allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of pour out. And, and because when you hold it in, you bottle it in, you start to get angry, you start to resent. Um, it will keep you from sharing the gospel. To me, it will keep you from experiencing the, the you know, the fruits that God is wanting to pour into your life. Um, so that's, uh, you know, if you're listening today and you think that sharing your emotions is, uh, makes you weak, whether you were raised that way, whether your father instill that in you that, nope, we don't cry in this family. We don't talk about our problems. You know, it just makes you weak, man. It's not true. Cause trust me, you no, know, my dad never instilled that in me. He was a very emotional man, told me he loved me every single day, gave me hugs, you know, cried with me at the altar for Pete's sake when I was 17 and got saved. Um, so a very emotional man. So I thank the Lord every single day that I have a father here on earth that showed me emotions because it showed me as I got older, it's okay for me to be emotional to my daughter or to my wife. Um, it's okay for me to get up in a pulpit and share my testimony or talk about my grandmother praying for me or my battles and break down. You know what I mean? I don't feel any uh, shame for it because dude, there's somebody probably in that church that's sitting there going, wow, this tattooed big crazy looking wrestler guy, you know, just started kind of crying over, you know, what Jesus has done in his life. So, dude, there's, bro, there's power in that. You know what I mean? There's power in our testimony. Uh, you know, there's power in, in Jesus and what he, it's transformation. I can say that. Yeah. Power in being real. Yeah. Not, not putting on a, 
a fake, I've got to try to be a tough guy. You know, that's not, you know, you said something just a second ago. Uh, you mentioned bottling things up. Uh, so many times the enemy wants you and, and what everything we've been talking about today, uh, we have directed mainly toward men, but it, it, there's women who go through the exact same things. Sure. But the enemy wants you to bottle everything up. He don't want you to reach out to anybody. He don't want you to talk to anybody about things that, you know, you're going through mentally, physically, whatever. He don't want to let those secrets out. He tells you, and I know that I've, I've been there. 2018 was a year full of depression and anxiety for me. And it was all because, well, number one, I was denying the convictions of the Holy Spirit. God was telling me yeah. to go in a certain direction, and I just did not want to submit. Um, and number two, um, the enemy had me bottling everything up. I was not talking to anybody. I was not letting anything out. And so the enemy tries to tell you, hey, just bottle this stuff up. Just deal with it yourself. And so when you bottle stuff up and you try to deal with it yourself, that's when he backs you into the corner. That's when he's wearing those ribs out. That's when he's wearing yep. those eyes out. You know, so you you need to be, you need to come to your senses and let go of your pride enough to find someone or a couple of people who you can have these conversations with and, and who you can truly uh, confide in when you're going through struggles. Absolutely. Totally agree, man. It's a good, good closing point there. Uh, just remember John 10, 10, and I just literally about, 30 minutes before we started shooting this podcast, had a conversation with, uh, with someone in my family um, about things they're going through and how they, they're bottling some things up right now. And I say, remember John 10, 10, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. You know, he's wanting to steal our family. He's wanting to steal our, our, our jobs. He's wanting to steal our faith. He's wanting to put us in a room where we just, we, 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 we don't care about anything else. Um, he wants to take our joy. And if we allow him to do that, like you just said, he'll throw those punches if he's backing us into the corner. But if we allow another brother or another sister to come in and start pouring into us and using that, that double-edged sword, that word of God to break away that, putting on that armor of God, it talks about in Ephesians 6, you know, that, that thief that Jesus says in John 10, 10 comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he's going to start fleeing. Because yeah. he's going to realize, man, this is a mighty warrior for God right here. This man or woman is filled with the Holy Spirit. Whew, I don't know if I can chop this one down. And he's going to try, man. He's going to try so many opportunities. Uh, but I just encourage you to, to don't do it on your own. The disciples didn't do it on their own. As we can see, Jesus didn't um, choose to do it on his own. Um, he was always asking the Father for advice as well. So we can always go to God and know that we have a loving Father um, that is there to help us and walk with us the whole way. Amen. All right, guys. Well, as we always tell you, uh, if you have any prayer requests, questions, or comments, feel free to email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter is at Real Casey Cage. 
Chad's yep. is Jackson Riker WWE Twitter and Instagram there. Uh, Chad also has YouTube page uh, where he does his devotionals. Be sure to check those out. And uh, if the podcast is a blessing, share it with others. Please. All right, guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. God bless you. You've been listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at Jackson Riker WWE. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith. 